the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely thereafter by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by uh, Doug Hauser, uh, one, fa- one of my favorite co-hosts. I say that every week. And uh, he's also <laughs> with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and also uh, one of the leaders in the uh, California school choice uh, movement. Um, we, this is also Unite IE Radio, and you might wonder what that is. It's a coalition of uh, conservative and Tea Party and Republican uh, groups in the Indian Empire, and our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. The, uh, the enemy all works, they can work together, a wide disparity of groups that don't always agree on stuff, but they are united in their common cause of overthrowing the country, our freedom and constitution, and establishing a one-party state. Um, interesting, Tucker Carlson went to uh, Iowa this past week. And, of course, whenever, whenever anybody prominent goes to Iowa, which, it, which always holds the first presidential selection process, it's the caucuses, and then, well, speculation is that that person is thinking about are planning to run for president. And I don't know if that's so of Tucker Carlson. I suspect not, and I think he's more valuable where he is, but he was in Iowa. And said a number of interesting, a number of interesting things, um, including this clip. But leaving that aside, I would say the gender debate is about that. I am so powerful, I can alter the most basic course of nature, which is the gender binary. The split into male and female, complementary halves, the yin and the yang. I can end that. But I also think there's got to be a spiritual development. That is so destructive, it can only be described as evil, long-term and short-term. It directly hurts children, which is how you know, but it destroys the society. And so I look at that, and I'm like, oh, this whole spiritual warfare, the evangelicals are always talking about, I'm an Episcopalian, I'll just admit that. I was actually kicked out of the church, basically. I would never actually go to an Episcopal church, but that's how I grew up. And so I didn't grow up in a world where people were, like, quoting Revelation. You know what I mean? They were reading the Psalms, like they didn't matter. So it's not like I'm quick to jump to the conclusion that spiritual warfare is at work. I just had no other explanation. Like, what's the other explanation? There isn't one. So, yes, we're watching a battle between good and evil that is playing out in spaces that we cannot see because it is a spiritual war, not just a human war. Amen. Amen. And that echoes way, um, I heard that, and it goes back to Ephesians 6.12, where our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Or Winston Churchill. The destiny of mankind is not decided by material computation. When great causes are on the move in the world, we learn that we are spirits, not animals, and that something is going on in space and time and beyond space and time, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. And you look around and great the, quote. the specifics of things, of the, the spiraling crime and the open borders and their deliberately confusing children, which was Tucker was Carlson was referring to, and then chemically and surgically castrating and mutilating the children and sterilizing them now that, now, that they're, now that they're confused. 
uh, the undermining of our basic freedoms. Well, we're using tech companies and intimidation to get around the Constitution's First Amendment. And we'll we get to a little bit later, using trying to use the law to get around the Second Amendment. Right. It's, 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 it's evil. And I don't think it's evil. And there's and I'm, I'm increasingly someone who believes that I agree with what those three things we just heard is it's, it's beyond just this world that there's a larger dimension to things. But, but let me say, he, uh, he put a good, in a way, sort of definition on it. Even if we take it out of the metaphysical realm, and I tend to be very uh, physical in my, my approach to things, my scientific background, he described it as it is so destructive that it can only be described as evil. And whether putting aside uh, one's religious you know, belief in good and evil and their sources, there is no question that this philosophy is incredibly destructive and it builds nothing. It is not constructive. They want to tear down one institution after another. They want to uh, replace education with indoctrination. And it's for what? Can they present a clear vision of the society that they wish to replace our current society? Never, never. It's a microcosm everywhere. When they when they say rich people must pay their fair share or the corporations must pay their fair share in taxes. And you ask them, OK, what is their fair share? You will never, ever get an answer to that question because it's just whatever happens to pop into their mind at the moment. They have no clear vision of a society of the future. They don't know. I think they don't know whether they want a wild west uh, you know, running anarchy, people running around killing each other with the few powerful elites ensconced in their gated communities, just taking care of themselves and letting the rest go to hell? Or do they want a 1984-ish Orwellian state of totalitarian control of the masses where everyone must march in lockstep to their commands? I don't think they themselves have a clear picture of which of those two extremes they want. All they want is destruction. They want to destroy right now, which would be very concrete. They want to destroy the Supreme Court. They want to take away the filibuster. They argue for total non-democratic practices in the name of democracy. Uh, you know, one thing after another, the, the education system must go. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. The, the organizations completely controlled by the left are themselves accused of being racist, like Hollywood. Well, like the unions, like education, these are all racist institutions, even though they've been controlled by the left for years. So they don't care who they accuse of things as long as they can destroy, tear down, break it down, and they'll worry about what's going to replace it later. Of course, in their minds, it'll never be bad. What can replace it can never be bad. It'll never be Castro's Cuba or North Kim Jong-un's North Korea or Putin's Russia. It'll always be something benign. It'll be the benevolent dictatorship of Bernie Sanders and AOC that will lead us to some form of enlightenment. But they cannot even enunciate a clear vision of where they want to take us. All they know is that everything is evil and it must be destroyed. And that destruction, I agree with Tucker. If you're going to give it any name, it is it is evil. Dr. Tucker Carlson, he said last year, they're trying to wreck the country. And my word's not his. If you look at what the Democrat Party and its uh, cronies and collaborators and comrades are doing through that lens, and only when you look through that lens, Everything they're doing makes sense. But is there, the, is there this larger spiritual battle to what, we're, to what we're about? And I recall back, this is Paul Harvey, the uh, famous radio commentator from 1965. And sometimes people are able to see things developing before it's apparent to almost everyone else. Paul Harvey. 1965. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the 
So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. You know, that wow. is wow. amazingly spot on as to what happened. And uh, Paul Harvey at least didn't admit whether there's a devil or not and whether he thought of it or not. Um, Paul Harvey didn't think of confusing children that they can become the opposite gender and then chemically and surgically sterilizing, castrating, and mutilating them. No, but his idea that you elevate emotion above all else and whatever you feel like, if it feels good, do it. And if a child feels like it, you indulge them. I mean, that's, that is as spot on. That, that, was, that was creepy. That was so eerily prescient. Yes. Let's take, let's take a pause here and we'll continue our discussion after this word from Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, a place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank. Now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, the religious 
basis for America is uh, well established as much as they try, as much as the people that whether working for Satan or working for the Democrat Party, if it makes a difference, is that there was no religious basis. It's all separation of church and state. And there's a one and the other. And of course, that was utterly not the case. And uh, just by way of one example, John Adams, he said that our, our Constitution was written for a religious and moral people. It is unsuitable for the governance of any other. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in terms of our resistance and going to church and going to a church that teaches the word of God, whether or whether if you, you know, you're, you're Jewish, Doug, then finding a synagogue that teaches the word of God, at least as revealed in the Old Testament. Yes. Then is one of the most important things that we can do. Correct. It's a question of not, not of theology, but it's a question of morality. And we have to remember that in Western civilization, that biblical morality was sort of the original founding morality that came about. Uh, what we call Western civilization is really the Judeo-Christian heritage uh, coupled with Greco-Roman traditions of democracy and written law and a few other things added on. But that morality based on in large measure on the Ten Commandments uh, is is absolutely essential to the foundations. I, I use this example. Why is there a law against uh, murdering your teenage daughter? Why is that not perfectly okay? It's because, 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 because if there wasn't, you, because if there, there wasn't, she would you would strangle her before she graduated from high school. It's <laughs> a joke. It's a joke. Well, my, my point is that, for example, in the Islamic faith, there are reasons why you can kill your teenage daughter. It's an honor killing. We know that term now. That was a term probably totally unfamiliar to most Americans fifteen or twenty years ago. Now we know about it. If your daughter does things that bring dishonor, disgrace to the family, it's okay to kill her. So if we are to be completely, quote unquote, religiously neutral, does that mean we have to do away with the law against killing your daughter? Because that law is unfair to Muslims. It's a Judeo-Christian law. And so my point is, we don't want to do away with the law against murdering your teenage daughter. The Judeo-Christian ethic is the basis of this entire civilization, and I will argue, as I have argued in the past, it is objectively a better culture to live in than any other, and the proof is that people from all over the world, from all different cultures, want to come here. They want to come here, I believe, for the last 200 years, not for the welfare state. They want to come here to work hard, to advance their families. For that, for that ethic of freedom and individualism that will allow them to thrive in a way they could not in whatever countries and whatever cultures they originally came from. Can anybody tell me, in all of the continent of Africa, who is Oprah Winfrey? Where is the African Oprah Winfrey? Only in America could she come into existence on the basis of her talents and her work, rise to the top of the heap where she's one of the most influential powerful, respected, revered, not just women, but people in our culture. And why does the entire continent of Africa, peopled with folks of the same genetics as her, not have a single individual like that? It's because of the American culture of Western culture that allows people to rise and encourages that traditionally has encouraged them to rise to whatever limits they could rise to in whatever endeavor they could. Well, I, I would agree in part, except that uh, as the part about Oprah Winfrey being revered, um, she was popular in her day. And I think much, and certainly I think much less so. And she was popular because she could, she could, she was in her show. She was able to put butts in the seats at home, watching her, watching her, her program. And she was able to relate to mostly women, but probably she had some men in, uh, in her audience. And the larger idea that in America, that we, by freeing people to pursue happiness as they define it for themselves has created 
our prosperity and our success, uh, scientific progress. Yes, absolutely. But coming back to the subject here of of this of this this of this, the human spirit, and it's not is not just that. I think the argument is this: that the country that allows that kind of freedom, the country that reversed the order, usual order of civilization and and society, which was some god or gods up here. Then the king, pharaoh, monarch, whatever the government, and then the people, and what was what was the American exception was God, then the people, then the government, mm-hmm. and that scheme of things, that arrangement of things, then produced the United States of America, the our prosperity, our success, our wealth, our power, because. People were freed up. But I think that presupposes that a people people within government without the God, and even if you don't think that God is real, but that way of thinking about things, that God is real, and we are answerable to God, gives, allows a free society to exist. Right. Let me finish my point. Alexis yeah. de Tocqueville, who uh, traveled in the United States in the 1830s and wrote his famous book, Democracy in America, trying to explain to the Europeans what the heck is going on over there across the Atlantic. <laughs> and he, he, he wrote that despotism can govern without faith. Liberty cannot. And I'm going to paraphrase. I don't have the quote up in front of me. Is as you relax the physical control. You need that internal moral control to replace it. So I, so I, so I was come back to. I think, I think one of the most important things that we can do in our resistance is to join a church or synagogue, as 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 the case may be, and one not and not one that teaches. you know, kind of do what you want to do. You know, Jesus loves everybody. God loves everybody just as you are. Um, no, but one that would actually teach the word of God as revealed in the Bible or for, or for if you're Jewish in the Torah. Because once you, once you start saying, you know, my judgment on this issue is better than God's. For example, whether homosexual conduct is morally permissible then why defer to God on anything? And I know that you're you, you know, you, here in Redlands, the synagogue is led by a, rab, a female rabbi who is married to another female. And you go, you know, it's like, how does that work? That, that, that doesn't work when the, uh, the person who's supposed to be teaching the word of God flaunts openly, intentionally flaunts the word of God. Well, it didn't work for me. That's <laughs> all I can say. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And that was what I meant when I said it's not the theology that matters so much, but it's the morality that is based on the theology. You don't have to believe in God, for example, to, you know, in the strict sense of a person of God, to look at the Ten Commandments and say, these are really, really good rules for civilizations to follow. And if you don't follow them and the people don't follow them, you will descend into chaos. That, that morality is clear whether you believe the particular, the Christian theology or the Jewish theology or, you know, even a pagan theology. Who would argue other than dedicated cultural Marxists trying to overthrow our, our, our country or uh, the cat lady we're going to hear from in our in our in our second half that if everyone followed the Ten Commandments, this world would be a much better place. Yeah, exactly. Rub against the break. Uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio when we're going to come return back to more um, earthly matters rather than <laughs> the, the spiritual war. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM five ninety The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? 
if you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank. Now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision, 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and uh, the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California. And joined by my uh, co-host this week, Doug Hauser, also with Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the California School Choice Foundation. We do want to return to our, you know, kind of more, more, more earthly matters after our con- our discussion of, of spiritual war in the, in the, in the, in the first half. But there is one other little thing on this I, I want to play for you, and that is that there's a there's a I don't have a citation, but Prager says this, and it's from the Bible: is the is that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in light of that, here's a clip that I found of, I'll just, I'll just play it. And you, you can't get the full value of it because the woman that's talking, there's a man as a commentator and comedian named Terrence Williams is, is he's on the video as well, reacting and watching this clip of this woman talking. <laughs> and you can't see that, but, but, but his facial reactions are, 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 are as priceless as this woman's description of being a furry. So let's hear from Ms. Furry. Okay, hi guys. So my name's Dasha. I'm a furry, and I'm going to be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. So here we go. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kid and family. Then the happy or content meow. Meow. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kid and family is the I want to go potty meow. It took me a really long time to master this meow because it, it needs to be really specific in order for my kittens to understand. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. Okay, and last but definitely not least is our in heat meow, and we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention, if you know what I mean. Meow. Um, meow. Clearly, this woman has not reached the uh, beginning of, of 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 wisdom, and I, I mean, does does this not exemplify the nature, the, the current state of America and culture? Now, now, I mean, I mean, this is a more extreme version, but you know, you wouldn't have seen this five or ten years ago. What worries me the most is she said it took her a long time to master the go to potty meow. And I just I'm horrified at the concept of the mess that must have ensued while she was perfecting that particular meow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, what does she have to meow for? Don't I think don't cats just go use their litter box uh, yeah. when, they, when the need arises. Right. And do they need to be wiped? 
I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, it, it's it's fundamentally an. You can in, only in a country that one is in decline and two that has such prosperity can such um, unseriousness exist. Right. It's what Greg Gutfeld's co-host Tyrus calls a real first world problem. Yes, a, a, a definite, a, 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 a definite one. I just, I just hope that she's not a teacher someplace. Although I would certainly not be surprised uh, if she is. And to me, another a very serious question that arises from this, it seems to me the Democrat philosophy is that if you believe you are something, then you are, in fact, that thing. So I wonder, is this woman, for example, exempt from paying taxes? Because cats don't have to pay taxes. As far as I know, furries, whatever they may be, don't have to pay taxes. Is she exempt? Can people declare themselves? Could... um. Could Elon Musk say, I, I think I'm a furry, and so the rulings of the court don't have any uh, power over me, right? Why do I have to go to a trial and discuss this? I just changed my mind. Cats can change their mind. They're never locked up in jail for it or fined by the court or any other punishment. So where does this end? Where, where does it end? If anybody can declare themselves to be anything they feel like, then no one is subject to any rules whatsoever. And you'll have chaos in a really, really short period of time. Part of part of the the strategy of undermining our, our, our of our country is to teach that two plus two is whatever we tell you it is today. So, so the, in gender ideology, you're whatever gender, whatever someone says their gender is, that's what it is today. Okay, right. and why not? Uh, why can't you change your race, your age, your species? Right. Just by just by saying that it is, that it is so. There was a an actual case. There was a uh, uh, man who happened to be an attorney, and he was he functioned during the day. He was able to function as an attorney, but at night he thought he was a cat, and he would prowl around outside as a cat, and. Right. <clears throat> In a, in, in, in a rational and caring society, you would hope you would want this man to get the care and treatment that he that to help him adjust his thinking to reality. And in and fact, in that case, he did. In fact, in that case, he did. I believe he was prescribed lithium, uh, which is used for bipolar disorder. And it uh, it did, in fact, uh, treat his symptoms and he was able to achieve a more normal life and get some decent sleep. I mean, one of his complaints was that he he couldn't sleep because at, during the day he was a, a person working and during the night he was a cat. And he was when he showed up at his psychiatrist's office, he was exhausted. He was worn to a frazzle and the medication helped him. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the appropriate treatment is not to surgically attach cat ears and whiskers right. to him. Right. And it was just a few years ago that that our society understood this. We used to have, when I, when I was a little bit younger, we had among young women um, a virtual epidemic of anorexia. And women who were very thin and were dieting extremely, they, they thought they were still too fat. They thought they were still overweight and they wanted to lose more and more weight. And at that time, any psychiatrist or psychologist who said, oh, yes, you are overweight, that your perception is correct, you need to go would have been had up on charges. That would yeah. not have been tolerated. Their self-perception was secondary to what was actually happening. And they were encouraged, no, 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 no. You are not too fat. You have to eat. You have to survive to live another day. You know, we lost the great singer Karen Carpenter to that disease. She essentially starved herself to death. Yeah. So what has happened that all of a sudden, the society is indulging these uh, fantasies, beliefs, whatever you wish to call them. It, you're right. It's a sign of, of a deep, deep problem that we have to come to grips with. Whether it's just human evil or whether uh, the devil or Satan is behind it, as we talked about in the first half, it is evil. And it's, and it's, it's part of their strategy to uh, wreck the country. It I is wanna, okay. You did. I'm a, we will get into it before our commercial break here. You did some work, and you you went through and looked at 
actually what someone else had compiled of looking at the first round election results in California. And he found some interesting things. So take about um, about three minutes here before our break and kind of summarize what you found. Okay. Uh, the most interesting thing, I mean, we all know we live in a you know heavily democratic state, and uh, I'm not sure overall what the total number was, but it was it's probably about two to one Democrat registration versus Republican registration. But as we went over race by race, and the, the three particular races that we were looking at were the House races, the, the race for the, the House of Representatives, for state assembly and for the state Senate, which together comprised about 150 different races because some of them were non-competitive. There was only one person or, or two people of the same party running. But when we looked at them repeatedly, what we saw was that if you looked at the Democrat to Republican voter registration proportions within that district and then looked at the actual vote of Democrat versus Republican, in virtually every single case, the Republicans outperformed the the percentage that you would think they would get from looking at the registration proportions. Now, I think there could be three things that could contribute to this. And from the data, we could not distinguish which it was. One is that the Republicans just turned out in higher numbers than the Democrats did. The other is that independence, which seemed to be around, there's about 20% of non-party preferences in virtually all these districts. It goes up, it goes down, but it's around there. It's possible that the non-party preference people voted overwhelmingly for the Republican candidates. And the third option is that some Democrats went to the polls and voted for Republicans. So it was impossible to separate those things. There's probably some degree of all of them. It's probably not exclusively one or the other. But I think that this is very hopeful, whichever one of those it is, or whatever combination it is, this is very hopeful if we can carry this forward. And hopefully, individual candidates will determine which situation was predominant in their particular race, and they can adjust their campaign accordingly. For example, if you found that the independents in your area voted overwhelmingly for you as a Republican, then that's something you don't have to worry about much. Maybe you then go after your base of Republicans and make sure you get a very high turnout of the Republican base to support that independent overwhelming proportion. Perhaps if you find that there were a bunch of Democrats, a significant number of Democrats who crossed over and voted for you, perhaps that means the candidate should go right at Democrat precincts, that those Democrats in those areas are more open to the message now than they have been in the past. And a candidate can reach them and convert larger numbers. So if individual candidates would look at this, they would see how maybe to best approach the general election. But overall, that trend, I'm hoping that that is a nationwide trend, um, not just in California. And so that's a hopeful sign. The other, another interesting thing is that when I looked at races where the percentages were between 45 and 55 percent, i.e. what we might call competitive races, where there's a chance for it to go one way or the other, we are the challenger in overwhelming numbers. In only six of those cases were the, was the Republican the incumbent and in a close race. And in 19 such cases, either you had an open seat or a Democrat incumbent. So there's a lot, that's three to one. So that means there's a lot of room for us to potentially gain some seats, both in congressional races and in Sacramento. And so I want to encourage people to get out, find your local candidate, especially one who's in a competitive race and help them. This is a moment where maybe the momentum is on our side and we can push forward and actually get some stuff done. Okay, um, let's take let's take a pause here. I'm gonna, I have some thoughts on the uh, on the, uh, the election results as well, and we'll, we'll get into that when we get back after this word from our sponsor. That's returned to Unite.E Radio, and it's always my favorite part of the show for All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. 
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, rather than Tea Party Patriots, a Unite IE coalition joined by Doug Hauser, also with Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the California School Choice Foundation. We're talking about the, uh, the first round election results in California and the problems that are the challenges and, uh, that our country faces far transcends politics. But who controls the government is an important aspect in our cultural and political civil war. And in any war, it's important to have to assess your situation as accurately as possible and then develop good strategy and tactics based on that situation and how you can best win as much as you can. Looking at California, so in the, in the governor's race, you had uh, the, the Newsom got fifty-seven percent. Uh, all the Democrats, few other minor Democrat candidates, and collectively the Republicans got thirty-four percent. And that's pretty much across most of the uh, uh, similar results in in the, in the statewide races. Realistically, you're not going to flip those, and uh, the Republican statewide voter percentage is twenty-three percent compared to the Democrats, 46%. But you look at, and where what I'm most interested in is making is seeing that the Republicans end up in control of the House of Representatives. That at least forestalls anything, any bad legislation from passing for the next two years. And most of the Republicans look like they're, and the first round election results are never, that's not, necessarily illustrative of what the turnout is going to look like in November, where there'll be a larger turnout and potentially a more Democrat turnout. So the the mere fact that the Republican is leading in the first round doesn't, it's not like, okay, well, we we got this one. Uh, That's not so. So you look at at, um, our, probably our greatest risks are Mike Garcia, and he's a new, he's a new member of Congress. And he won last time by less than 500 votes uh, in his district, which is a 41% Democrat to 29% Republican. He got, the Republicans got 50.3% of the vote. So this is going to be a very contested race in November and an important one for us to focus on. Another one where I think we are, our guys might have some risk is more locally here in 41, which is Ken Calvert. They substantially redid his district. They gave him not only from, goes from Corona over the mountain into Palm Springs. And uh, even though he's a long-term incumbent, the Republicans in that race got 52.7% of the vote and the registration is virtually tied. So he's likely to have a to have a difficult race. And David Valdeo in the Central Valley, District 22, is another one. Republican is going to have a challenge, although he did surprisingly well. He, even though his district is a 43% to 26% registration, he, the, the, the Republican percentage of in the first round was 54.7% of the vote. So you never take anything for granted. But that's, you know, he did surprisingly well for in what is now a pretty heavily Democrat district. Sometimes you can see that where someone is known in the district. They have the personality, the people like your local congressman. And even if you'll see somebody, a Republican will win in a Democrat district because of those factors or vice versa or, or vice versa. But that's another one. But and what's even more surprising is there's some Democrat incumbents 
that you look at the first round and they're potentially, they got some problems here. Um, Josh Harder, and there's all these are up in the Valley. Some of them are, are, are in Orange County. Uh, Josh, Josh Harder, Democrat incumbent, and he only got fit. The Democrats in that race only got 50.11% of the vote in first round. And he may have, so that's one that the Republicans, if they have, their, if we can you spend some time and money on this one, uh, Josh Harder may be in trouble. Um, there's one other one, 13, which is a, which is no, there's no incumbent. Democrats favorites, and it's in the Central Valley, which is being devastated by Democrat water policies and water scarcity policies, intentionally deliberate designed water scarcity to put farmers in the Central Valley out of business and ruin the lives of the people there. And even in Democrat areas, they don't necessarily like that. But also, you're talking, about, to- you're talking about John Duarte is the nominee. Duarte, yeah, Duarte right. is the. Uh, I think he's the. I looked at the Republican on that one. Um, right. I don't. Have, I don't have the registration numbers right in front of me, but Republic. The three Republicans combined got fifty percent of the vote. Fifty one point seven, and that's in a Democrat forty two percent, Republican twenty eight percent registration district. So right. there's there's a, there's another potential pickup, and you go down to Orange County and Katie Porter. She's right, I was looking at that one. She was she was supposed to be a she was supposed to be safe. She had raised oodles and oodles of money. Um, the registration is almost even in that district, but uh, she barely got uh, she got fifty one point seven percent of the vote, and right. she may she may have a problem as would as does Mike Levin in forty nine. Which is right. just south of there, and he's he's an incumbent and who got um, the total Democrat vote there. Was fifty one point four. So now you, you go into a, 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 a an election where with six dollar a gallon gas and open borders, and if the economy goes into recession and the all rising crime, you know, if 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 the Republicans have a coherent message that these are all Joe Biden Democrats, they all vote. They all vote with. Um, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, mm-hmm. either you know, 99% of the time, 98% of the time, and tie and tie that tie the albatross around their neck. Right. This person supports Joe Biden. This this support supports Joe Biden's policies of six dollar a gallon gas, and maybe by that by the fall it'll be seven or eight dollars a gallon gas in some, in particular right. here in uh, in California. Some of these Democrats. Um, could be in, tr- in trouble. You look at nationwide polling. 80% of the people think the country is on the wrong track. I think, the, I think, I think that's I guess like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet the other 20%. What world Who are the other uh, um, 20, 20, 20%? Because 20% don't live in D.C. and Sacramento or Hollywood where, you know, where things may still be still be good. So I kind of rambled on here, but one of the, my, my final point on this <clears throat> is this, is there is inherently limited time and money to spend on politics. Now, the Democrats have a lot more money, query why that is, and where all that money came from, but they do. We have, we have less money, and we, as individual activists, we have limited time. So where do you spend your time? Do you spend it on a race where the you know the Democrat in the first round got got fifty seven, fifty eight, sixty or percent of the vote, and you know you know the Republican might be a really good guy or gal, as the case may be, but is that is that a useful place, or would you want to perhaps be making calls for or sending text messages for Mike Garcia and sign up with his campaign or in whoever's running against, uh, I was like the, who's running Brian Marriott by Marriott uh, is, is the leading candidate who will be in the, in the case against Mike Levin. That's district 49. First and 49 and so on. Do you, and 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 let's make sure we mention, let's make sure we mention Scott Baugh, who is the one opposing Kate running against Katie Porter in district 47. Those yes. both are within striking distance and they would be worthwhile to, to, for our listeners to invest some time and effort to help them 
because a few percentage points makes a big, big difference in those races. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Garcia won his race in 2020 by less than 500 votes. Right. So spend my point that that I've made repeatedly to mix success with our Patriot groups is to spend your time and money wisely in races where we can make a difference. Locally, I don't think we have a lot of those races. One that is worthy of attention is San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors. There's a runoff between good conservative Luis Satina and uh, the uh, rhino at best, uh, uh, Jesse Armendariz, who two years ago in 2020 ran as a leftist progressive and you know, maybe he had a conversion of heart, or maybe it's a conversion of convenience, whichever the two is. Luis Satina is, the, uh, is our, in our judgment, the better choice. We're out of time. I've used up most of this discussion, but that was good work to analyze all this material, Doug. Uh, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.